Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Campers and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our mystery in a moment. I want to thank all of our supporters. If you would like to continue to see us grow, please make sure you hit the subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. The best way to support us is to share our podcast with friends and family. Thank you for all of our supporters. And now, let's throw another log on the fire, campers. It's time for a new mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us as always is our storyteller and journalist who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories with the Acker Beaker Journal, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. At Schneider Park in West Akron, on a typical nice weather day, you'll find any number of people on the grounds. Children playing soccer or practicing t-ball. Friends tossing a football or throwing frisbees. And dog walkers making their daily circuit around the city block. But there are a whole lot of people here that you can't see. Maybe hundreds. They're below the ground. The only physical evidence of their existence being rows of indentations visible in the grassy field when the conditions are right. More than a century ago, Summit County buried its poor here in unmarked graves when this land was nothing more than swampy muck. And though nobody is interested in digging up the ground to be sure, local researchers are pretty confident most of the bodies were never removed, when the land was turned into a city park some 90 years ago. The 15-acre park is bordered by the streets of Mull, Crestview, Thorndale, Mineola, and Sunset View, and it served as a cemetery from 1875 to 1919. Neighbors say on misty mornings, fog or frost outline the impressions of the graves. But even on clear days, the grass grows greener in rectangular patches that locals call the graveyard path. About half of the folks who were buried here came from a 19th century sanitarium, a facility with such a gruesome reputation for the way it treated its residents that it made headlines. In 
The rest of the dead interred at Schneider Park included emigrants who built the Ohio and Erie Canal, laborers who laid the railroad tracks that made Akron an industrial giant, Civil War veterans, murder victims, the mentally ill and the homeless, as well as dead infants and orphans. The history of the park was relatively unknown to most of Akron until just over a decade ago. That's when Michael Elliott, a retired library archivist, decided to try and create a list of who had been buried there. He combed death certificates and came up with a total of 308 people, some known only by their last name, others by no name at all. People like the Cleeton family, who had triplets in 1914. Two of the babies died 10 days apart. Strangely, the doctor recorded one baby as Hungarian and the other as Romanian. There was also Cyrus Osborne, who came home wounded from the Civil War. He was buried without mention of his service. Others were like Jacob Arcanello, a native of Italy, who was reportedly shot in the neck by a Russian in what was described as a mob hit. And Frank Banahan, the 40-year-old man's mutilated corpse, was found lying near railroad tracks south of Barberton in 1911. At least, they think it was Frank. The name was found on him, but his body was too destroyed to visually confirm it. Now, word of the librarian's effort to recreate the cemetery list inspired a University of Akron graduate, Eric Olson, to follow up with more research. He documented the sad and tragic history of the adjacent asylum. That's a story that began in 1849 when Summit County commissioners purchased a farm on what was then just outside Akron from Joseph McCune for about $4,000. It became the county's first poorhouse. The area known as Schneider Park was just a small corner of the 230-acre property that reached all the way over to Market Street. Able-bodied residents who lived at the poorhouse were required to work for their room and board. They tended the farm, growing crops and raising hogs and cows for sale to keep the facility self-sufficient. They lived in various buildings that were added to the property over the years. In 1866, a new Summit County infirmary was added to the grounds, built with tax dollars. But just two years later, it was revealed that infirmary was a hellhole. An investigation made headlines around the state. An inspector, A.G. Byers, documented for the Ohio Board of State Charities how inmates, as he called them, were put outside in wooden pens for punishment. He wrote, In one, there was an insane man whose hip and knee joints were entirely fused. He was entirely naked and performed locomotion by sliding about on his posterior with the aid of his hands. In the other pen were four females, one a miserable driveling idiot eating its own filth, and the other three insane. They were also, all of them, entirely naked 
and their condition was indescribably pitiable. He also wrote about inside the building, where the mentally ill were confined to cages in rooms that reeked of stench and decay. When the asylum residents weren't being mistreated by staff, they were mistreating each other. In 1871, a woman named Ellen Boyd killed a fellow resident, Laura Lyon. A story about the murder said she was found washing the blood from the axe with which she committed the deed and laughing heartily at what she had done. Now, when the residents of the asylum died, they were unceremoniously slipped into the mucky southern edge of the property. In doing his research, Olson concluded that not all asylum residents were buried there because some weren't buried at all. Doctors were known to sell cadavers to local medical schools and so didn't file death certificates for many of the indigents who came their way. In 1915, Semi County built a new county poorhouse in Monroe Falls. After 70 years, the one on the west border of Akron was shuttered and the entire 230-acre property was sold to Philip Schneider, a real estate developer who later became a Summit County commissioner. Schneider demolished the buildings and developed the land for upscale housing. Today, it's still one of Akron's most desirable neighborhoods. But that 15-acre swampy corner remained untouched, a graveyard that was impossible to farm and unable to build on. Schneider, upon his death in 1935, deeded that bit of wasteland to the city of Akron. He suggested they turn it into an arboretum or use it for a botanical garden. He specifically requested it not be used for sports. But after Akron turned it into a neighborhood park, part of it was marked for soccer games. There's no record of the city ever unearthing the remains there. It was rumored that during a public works project during World War II, some bodies were moved to the Monroe Falls Infirmary. But if they did, they didn't move them all. Older residents who grew up in the area recalled that in their childhoods, they occasionally found bones on the surface of the property. In 2016, anthropology students from the University of Akron, under the direction of Professor Tim Matney, took mapping equipment to the site and used aerial, drone, and satellite imagery to try and count the burial sites. They found 156 distinctive graves, though they suspected that for every grave that was visible, there were probably one or two more people buried beneath it. Using math and science, they came up with a final total of 384. Some of the graves were likely empty. They could see the ground had been disturbed with sandy soil exposed on the top. But the uniform shape of the other graves suggested many were never touched. A year later, the students shared their findings in a community program called Unearthing the Paranormal, 
ghosts of Akron's past. They even hosted a community ghost story circle for people to share any paranormal experiences they had at the site. They did this because during their research, they interviewed the park's neighbors and found many of them said the park made them feel uncomfortable or unsettled. And a full half of the interviewees reported hearing unusual noises or seeing odd visual formations. In one case, a neighbor invited the students into his home, took them to his attic, and told them mysteriously items had been moving from one side of the attic to the other. He also took them to a bedroom where he found a dead raven. But what really chilled them to the core was later, when they played that interview back to create a transcript. A student said, We were interviewing him, and as soon as I said ghost stories, there's the voice of a little girl in the background mocking us, saying, Stories, stories. It gave us goosebumps. It was chilling to hear. The UA students and their instructors said, after all was said and done, it appeared to them that the city and county, by design, had taken steps to hide the history of the asylum and its graveyard. How else to explain the complete lack of records from a facility that had been around for 70 years? and the city's choice to put a park on the site without so much as a marker to memorialize the final resting place of hundreds of souls. As one professor commented, these unfortunate souls were marginalized in life and erased in death. But not forever. In 2020, a documentary filmmaker, Josh Gippen, produced a half-hour feature about Schneider Park and the Summit County Infirmary. He called it The Forgotten Dead. I found it on a PBS website. I'll link to it in the episode notes. It's really touching because it goes beyond the old history to introduce us to modern-day people who might have ended up in the infirmary if they had lived 100 years ago. So go ahead and find that link and be sure to check it out. That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news, clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, share our podcasts everywhere. We are currently trying to reach our goal of being the number one podcast on killerpodcasts.com, which we currently hold the second most listened podcast there. I know you can help us get there. History is the greatest adventure story. But does it ever leave you wondering what the women were doing all that time? This is Lori from the Her Half of History podcast, and the answer is that some women were seizing power, or escaping slavery, or spying for their country, or creating artistic masterpieces, while countless others were doing the laundry, getting married, and wondering why their clothes don't have more pockets. If you would like to hear the stories of women doing all of those things, check out Her Half of History at herhalfofhistory.com or wherever you get your podcasts.